And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. And before that wolf eats my grandma, give that wolf a banana, give that wolf. And before that wolf eats my grandma, give that wolf a banana, give that wolf. Give that wolf. Good morning, sweet world, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Monday, May 16th. Here we are back in the Classic Factory. I'm J.E. Skeets, and alongside me, as always, Tass Mellis. Can you believe it, guys? Only three playoff series left. Mm. Enjoy them while you got them. Huh? You know, conference finals. Funs. One, two, three. 21 games, max. <laughs> <laughs> I literally thought you were going to do the two conference finals and then the Flames Oilers no. in the NHL. That's no. why I was trying to set you up oh, yeah. for that. But well, no, you're right. Three uh, three matchups left. Yeah. Why? You don't think I'd enjoy the NBA finals? No, I don't know. <laughs> Your Flames Just are Just because I was man. looking at the bracket here, looking at so. this odd I Panthers so. logo. Did you see that Johnny Goudreau shot? Uh, that was phenomenal. Top shelf, oh, man. Go. Top shelf. Here we go. Uh, we got it's our top amazing. shot hot boy, Trey Kirby. Oh. <laughs> hey, hey, International man of mystery, taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. Ah, oh, friends. Those Leafs. How did my Leafs do? Oh, the Maple Laughs. Oh. Living up to their mm. name. Yeah. Good season. Great season. Great we'll season. Uh, and last, certainly not least, yes, rocking the hockey music already here on a Monday. Super producer, JD. Hello. There he is. And here we are. Any final thoughts on those entertaining NHL Game 7 stats? Because the NBA ones were duds. Mm-hmm. No? No. No, you're pumped. You got playoffs. You got Rangers, Pens, OT. Yeah. How'd Panarin get that one in? Am I right? Does this guy know more about hockey than you do? I guess. <laughs> I just What's ma- a I make sure to write down one name from the game. <laughs> so I always have one name deep in the pocket. Panarin and Johnny Hockey. Panera Bread scored the game win? Yeah, I couldn't believe it. Went, oh. with, uh, went with the broccoli cheese bread bowl right through the five hole. You're just pandering to us oh. Canadians here. Nice, nice. Uh, shout out to the stream team joining us live right now on YouTube. Thanks to everybody for swinging by here on a Monday morning. Subscribe to No, Bunks on, no Dunks on YouTube. Like the video, comment, share the show. Email in your NBA questions. All week long here, no dunks at theathletic.com. You can tweet them in as well at no dunks inc or drop them in the YouTube comments and get yourself an athletic subscription. We got some of the best writers in the game breaking down all of these teams and all these series in the NBA and hockey included. Go to theathletic.com slash no dunks for a subscription. Okay. Yeah. NHL was mm-hmm. a little more entertaining mm-hmm. than mm-hmm. the NBA mm-hmm. Game 7s that we had on Sunday, but we're going to break them down, look to the offseason for some of these teams that lost, and then we'll do our initial thoughts on the conference finals Tomorrow's podcast, we do the deep dive. Mm. Okay? Mm. No diving today. Okay. Don't right. dive in. This is shallow water only. Okay. I learned Cannonball. that lesson the hard way once when I was a kid. Really? Yeah. 
pitch. Bump, it said, it said no diving, and I said, I can dive. <laughs> dive down and actually hit my arm. Had a big scratch down Ooh, my okay, arm. Okay, at least yeah. it was your arm. Not yeah. Your head. yeah. Very dangerous. Uh, you can cannonball into shallow water, but you still got to be careful on the old butt cheeks. <laughs> That's 100% right? true. Yeah. <laughs> got to be careful on the old butt cheeks. All right. I actually, man, I, that's going to make me change my uh, one of my ad reads I got a little bit later on here. So <laughs> let me make some notes. Also, <laughs> I haven't seen one single video of you doing a cannonball. Uh, and it's getting hot down here. I've only been to like kiddie pools yeah. so far. I haven't yeah. gone to a full-size grown man pool where I'm going to be dominating the diving board. But right. uh, wait for it. Wait for it. It's coming. Stacey. It's going to be hot here oh, in Atlanta baby. this week. Oh, baby. Uh, and starting or speaking of a team that was hot, the Luka Doncic and the Dallas Mavericks killed the Suns. 123 to 90. 123 to 90 in the game seven blowout. And it was over by half. I mean, it was over before that. Okay, if we're yes. being honest, it was over in like 12 minutes this game. It doesn't happen a lot and very rarely in the playoffs. But every once in a while, you see an NBA score that makes you think, is that really really the score and that had to have been the case for anybody tuning into game seven at halftime when it was 57 to 27 Mavericks aka 27 to 27 Luka Doncic versus the Suns aka 27 to 21 the Suns versus Spencer Dinwiddie there was even a point in the second half where Kevin Harlan said yes if you're joining us now that score is correct (laughs) (laughs) the Suns got booed off the court at halftime at home during a game seven that is unbelievable that it happened. The second half of the game did transpire, but it didn't really matter. Mm-hmm. All that really happened was Luca getting hot in the third quarter and smiling at the Suns back it down the court every single time. That's when I turned in mm. to Rangers versus Pens. <laughs> it went from the fourth quarter to the third period. Major update, uh, upgrade to see that. So, I don't know. This was a seriously unbelievable collapse to me uh, from Phoenix. Reminded yeah. me instantly, Bulls-Jazz, Game 3, 1998. Mm. Bulls won 96-54. They led at halftime. 49 to 31 but they were the favorites in that game they were playing at home and it was the NBA finals but it was only game three also saw a lot of comparisons to Celtics Lakers game six 2008 the Celtics won by 39 that was also a home win there this was the Suns a complete no-show at home game seven during a season they had by far the best record in the league yeah Total duds from the big three. Devin Booker, 11 points, 3 of 14 shooting, 0 of 7 in the first half. DeAndre Ayton, 5 points on 2 of 5 shooting, only played 17 minutes, 1 of 4 in the first half. And Chris Paul, don't call me Andre Miller, 10 points, 4 of 8 shooting, 0 for 5 in the first half. When he turned 37, all of his skills left his body. (laughs) There's no other way to to figure out what's going on here. They barely avoided the biggest Game 7 loss in NBA history, but this might be the worst Game 7 loss in NBA history considering, you know, the entirety of the season, how far the Suns went, the fact that they had a 2-0 lead in this series, they were up 3-2 in this series, and home court had been super powerful uh, for all seven, or or the first six games, at least, uh, in this one. So... I couldn't believe it. I just <laughs> could not believe that that was really the score and that there was, like, no comeback at all no, from the yeah, Suns no. in the second half. They didn't even make it interesting at any point. I think the Mavericks scored the first five, and that's when Luka was outscoring the entire Suns team. Sorry about your computer. That's fine. Yeah. 33 points in the end. The difference is a lot smaller than the actual game felt. Definitely. felt like a 40-point game, a 45-point game, just because the Suns beat the, uh, the Mavs in that fourth quarter. It was hard watching uh, everything. It was just hard. It was, it was, it's unbelievable. The Chris Paul thing is the biggest thing to me because they were doubling Devin Booker mm-hmm. and Chris Paul was there. If you look at the starting lineup, he's the guy that really has to create. And from game two where he was on fire, he had that 14 point fourth quarter. 
just an incredible fall off games three to game seven. Is it just being old? Is it the quad contusion? Because he just wasn't looking at the rim. Yeah. In the first half, Trey mentioned 0 of 5, but he, he really had to take the pressure off of Devin Booker, and that absolutely didn't happen. Didn't hit a shot until the third quarter. Uh, and now it was cool. Uh, one cool thing was, you know, the opposing team gets to pick which side they're going to play on. So Jason Kidd had his defense in front of him. Yeah. And one of switched the, it up. He switched it up in game seven. That's a James, uh, James, a Jason Kidd maneuver. They, you're going to gonna remember, especially because we had that audio tracks of Jason Kidd yelling at his defense <laughs> to cover Devin Booker, essentially. He was calling out each move during a 24-second possession. Yep. Double, 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 five, double. And he was just, it was just happening right in front of him. And they obviously suffocated that Suns team but Chris Paul had to had to provide the uh the breathing apparatus but he did not it, 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 he just had to be that guy it was uh, it was odd uh, Jason Kidd gets a win we didn't see a freaking crunch time minute in 7 games wow. in this series wow. nothing came down to the wire uh, i thought Booker and Doncic would fight after the game Booker and Doncic obviously hate each other but I was surprised to see a lot of sportsmanship after the game. Mm-hmm. You know, there was a, a tiny little kerfuffle, but that doesn't count. Uh, and Doncic and Dinwiddie, I mean, yes, Ooh. laughing, joking, the first pair of teammates in a game seven to score 30-plus points since... Kobe Shaq. That's right, Kobe and Shaq. So, wow, wow, just just top to bottom, an abomination. That was crazy. I mean, Luca, this gets thrown a lot, around a lot, Lee. Mm. That guy's built for this. <laughs> but it's fucking true with this guy. This guy loves this shit. He, the bigger the game, the more he enjoys it. And I think he even relished the fact that it's on the road. And that he came out and hit a shot. I think it was on eight and he got switched. Yeah, and he hit a little uh, dirt like fadeaway there around the free throw line. Then it was on. And he scored very quickly. And they just got this massive lead. Did when he chipping in and it was over. But he finished with 35, 10, 4. He only played 30 minutes. And once again has an amazing game in an elimination game. He was smirking after the first two baskets. Yeah. And I was like, that could come back to haunt you if uh, if the Suns win this game. They'll say Luca was cocky from the start. But instead, he just grew even more cockier in confidence. But he had it because he was just spinning around doing whatever he wanted in that first half. And again, it was over by then. And it's rare, very rare that I'm actually like feeling sorry for a team. I was feeling sorry for the Suns. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, can you imagine what it must be like when you're out there? You're down 40 points in a game seven and they're just coming down and still draining threes on you and you had a couple of nice crowd shots of the fans just sort of like oh my God. I can't <laughs> believe they're still hitting these threes they're still doing it here this was an absolute total and utter domination obviously guys like Brunson and Spencer were great but it started with Doncic just yeah. like completely calm in the moment not rattled not phased he talked after game five and he said everyone's talking when they're up the series ain't over he came back and uh, I mean just just mashed the de- the uh, Phoenix Suns here and I've got to say Jason Kidd I've got to I've got to t- give him a lot of credit. He was a guy I dismissed as a head coach. I saw them after the first game of the season down here in the fortress and I'm like all they do is just basically hope guys hit threes. It's working pretty well for them right now. And uh, he has done a fantastic job because I think defensively he has also been got his guys to at least play hard on that end. He knows they're undersized. They don't have a great uh, center. But instead, he puts confidence in all those guys to just go out there. And if you're open, take that shot and make it and drive with confidence. <laughs> Dinwiddie was putting on a show, just oh, yeah. like embarrassing guys like that. But it all starts with Luca. If Luca doesn't have that sort of start and basically say, I'm in control of this game, maybe it's a different outcome. But... 
For the Phoenix Suns, I mean, they led 2-0 in this series. They led 3-2 in this series. They had the best home and road record this season. They had a, a fantastic season. They ever, I don't know anybody who actually picked the Mavericks to win this series. I don't know if you guys Few saw it. Few and far it. between. I'm Certainly. sure there was a odd person out there. Not me. I mean, I had Suns winning the fight. I had yeah. Suns winning the title. Like, I was just as shocked uh, yeah. as anybody of this Suns Bucks. Suns Bucks was the one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but uh, one of the most impressive performances I've ever seen in a Game 7 by by a player who's only, what, 23, Luca. Tim Cato had a great write-up last week on Luca, saying, okay, yeah, in, in the NBA, he's only had one Game 7 before, but he's played in massive games in Europe yeah. where, you know, people are lighting flares in the stands. They'll <laughs> firebomb your home after a game. So going to Cushy Phoenix is uh, probably pretty comfortable for Luca. It's like a pickup run. Yeah, no, he was enjoying it. Every shot there early, yeah, smirking over at that one particular side who must have obviously had some words for him and he was uh, giving it back to them. Um, you know, you talked about the doubling on Booker, just back to the Dallas Mavericks defense. Like, they did a great job, obviously, with making like difficult for Booker, yeah. putting him in tough spots. Uh, but that means <laughs> somebody's open. And where is Chris Paul? What the hell happened to him? DeAndre Ayton. We thought that was like a huge positive for the Suns. Hmm. It's like, okay, yeah, Maxi Kleber, he can stretch the floor. You know, Dwight gives him some minutes, but like, man, they're small. He could eat in this series, especially when Chris Paul is operating, setting him up. Yeah. He was an offer. He got, I mean, he got benched. Sounds like, you know, Monty Williams internal. In yeah. uh, and we'll talk about him and, and the, obviously uh, the dilemma they have is what type of contract they, they go forward with him or sign trade, all that. But, uh, you know, and then Bridges and Crowder. I mean, I'm sorry, but nobody else, nobody stepped up. That means somebody was open, though, and they never found that guy or they could never <laughs> take advantage. And when they got down early, those buttholes got real tight mm. because then you suddenly had, like, JaVale McGee finger-rolling in the paint, Crowder attacking, like, three guys in transition. Like, you could you could sense, like, the, like, somebody stopped the bleeding, somebody stopped the bleeding, and I think they obviously let go of the rope a little bit there. That fell into the Mavericks' hands and it was like, guys, guys, there's still a lot of game left, but, man, it just spiraled out of control really quickly here. Yeah, what did the Mavericks know? They knew that they could break this Suns team, I think, from the first quarter coming into this game. That's why they they went with that double defense. That's why Jason Kidd wanted his bench in front of that defense. They were ready to to shut Booker down, and everybody's buttholes was tight on (laughs) on the Suns' side. I think Landry Shamit came in and looked like the best Sun out there. (laughs) He was dancing around a little bit. But everybody was extremely tight. They were missing open shots, uh, for, you know, for for the shots that they got. But they seemed to stop moving the ball when Devin Booker. Yes, you know, he had a, that first quarter where he was taking it uh, to the hole a little bit, and uh, he took it a couple times to the hole. Tried to go right at Luca, was picked up after being fouled because he just threw his body into Luca, and you can hear him on the camera say, "Oh, the Luca special," as he just threw his body into Luca, and that. Yeah, obviously came back to bite him a little bit. Uh, but I thought when he would pass the ball to Chris Paul, they just weren't getting into the lane whatsoever. It was like a pass back and forth up top. They just were not penetrating whatsoever. And and when Chris Paul did get into that middle, he would pass out. And uh, the threes were not falling for, you know, the guys who were supposed to hit threes like Crowder uh, and, and Bridges. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yes, uh, I guess the Mavs knew mentally that they could break this team. Uh, <laughs> that must have been it. That, that This doesn't happen unless the Suns – yeah, don't believe in themselves. I mean, they just they just weren't there. <laughs> they didn't show up in this game. Phoenix joins the 06-07 Mavericks and the 15-16 Spurs as the third team in league history to win at least 64 games in the regular season and fail to make at least the conference mm. finals. 64 wins. It's a, mm. lot, it's a lot, lot of wins. wins. Not that many teams in NBA history with that many, and uh, I guess it's not really shocking that there's not many teams that haven't even made it to the conference finals. But, uh, I mean... I just can't believe... It's one thing to lose a Game 7. And we said it. Like, the problem was, you let them. You didn't go on and win one game in Dallas. 
and you just set up a Game 7 where anything can happen, and also they have Luka. Uh, that could be a recipe for disaster. That all said, no one would have thought they would have lost by, you know, basically 30-plus points here in a Game 7 at home. Very weird that it was a repeat of Game 6, because Game 6 was a terrible effort by Phoenix yeah. as well. They, But it seemed like, okay, fine, if we lose this one, we've got another one back home. We'll show up for that one, but obviously a complete no-show, yeah. Aiton had a poor game. He didn't really do much, and like you said, it seems like he got benched a little bit there, but I mean, that's 100% to me on Chris Paul and Devin Booker. Yeah. Like, it would be great if Aiton was a uh, dump the ball into him, he's going to score in the post. That's just not the player he is. Same with Mikhail Bridges. Like, those are guys who need plays made for them. And if you're able to double Devin Booker, Chris Paul has to be able to take advantage, or the other way around. Like, you're built around two all-NBA guards. One of them should be able to do something in a four and three, four on three situation. Uh, but I mean, the last two games, Chris Paul had seventeen or seventeen turnovers between Booker mm. and Paul in the last two games of this series. Considering how well the Mavs were shooting, once they finally found their shot in Phoenix, you have no chance of winning, and that's why they got blown out. And you're seeing minus forties for all these guys <laughs> in the starting lineup. Yeah, not only was it a repeat of Game Six, but also a repeat of the Finals last year. Considering they're two zero up, just didn't think that that would happen again. You mm-hmm. think that they would learn from it? Uh, the Chris Paul part is just back to that. He averaged 23 and a half and very little turnovers like he usually does in the first two games of this series. And then, Trey, you said it, mm. as soon as uh, he hit the age of 37, he fell apart. I mean, he averaged under 10 points and nearly had four turnovers. That's the crazier part with Chris Paul over these last five games where they lose four of the five. Wow. We, like, well, what? Yeah. And, then, and then, yeah, there's reports that the quad is not great. Yeah, but he wasn't looking and at the rim thumb, either. I think of thumb as well. But he, he didn't make any excuses no. after the game either. No. And, and that's what I liked about him is that he was obviously, him and Devin were together and they were obviously embarrassed and humiliated. But they did front up and they didn't make excuses. They said we weren't good enough. As for him himself, the, all those stats are true, but he just seemed to lack that aggression. He didn't seem to even try to attack defenders, which was yeah. the real surprise. Because he'll do that thing, like, it's Chris Paul, right? He'll, like, hang out for two or three quarters, yeah. just try and set the table, and then, you know, obviously, in a close game, he will really get aggressive looking for a shot. But we've seen Chris Paul before, and, like, you know, this is a, like, they called him the point guard, right? He'll understand the situation, mm. like, oh, maybe I got to get aggressive here in the second quarter, first quarter, or whatever, because we don't have it going. And, yeah, that wasn't anywhere to be found these last no. couple of games. And, you know, it's not like someone like Reggie Bullock or whoever's on him. He can't just do what he wants against those guys. So he, he just didn't seem to have that sort of juice, which is very, very weird for him. Again, you point out they were the first team or the third team to lose, but they also led this series two games to zero and three games to yeah, That must be the first time. I would think someone's blown a suit because I know that we believe Warriors were one of them, but they never yeah. led 3 2. Yeah. And the Spurs against the Grizzlies, I'm guessing it was the other 15, one. 15 16. Yeah. Um, so, wild stuff. <laughs> I mean, it, but that's the thing. Again, when I'm watching it last night, I'm like, I never really feel like that must just be awful for those Suns players, but it felt like it. You have a little bit of the uh, like, uh, secondhand embarrassment. Yeah, you do. You do. Yeah. You do. Because yeah. um, listen, we, we, we hate losing on a Wednesday night on a pickup if you lose in the last bucket. <laughs> True. Imagine going down like that in front of your home fans. People have probably played thousands of dollars for a Game 7 ticket there, and some of them were out of there at half time. Well, also to add to that, this, you know, I mean, who knows? We'll see what happens. But their championship window was maybe right here. Right here. Well, yeah. Like, it's open. Yeah, yeah. Right? I, Anybody I, can win this thing. Oh, no, for sure. Okay. Yeah. That means they could have, too. Absolutely. And they were the favorites all regular season, and mm-hmm. that's a big reason why I had them going all the way there. Yeah, and I think a lot of us uh, felt yeah. from what we saw last season that they had really responded well to the heartbreak and devastation of losing the finals. Right, it looked right. like they were much better, and Bridges had taken a big step up, Cam Johnson, you know, those guys who had really benefited from the experience. But ultimately, it was their two main stars that let them down, yep. closing this one out. Yep. So, I mean, Booker's hesitancy as well, there's no excuse for that. He... He, I don't know what he was doing out there, but he didn't look to attack and score. 
Yeah. Well, he, I mean, Tass is right. He was attacking in the first quarter. Nothing was dropping still. And then doubles kept coming and coming. And he didn't have it these last two games. I've, I mean, he shot brutal percentages over these games six and seven here, along with all these other guys on his team that uh, came up short. Wild. And now Lucas through to the conference finals. And, uh, well, <laughs> the league is pumped, I'm sure. I mean, this is, this is huge. He's a, a, t- a top five wherever you got him on your list in this league. Obviously a super young talent well, still. He, he finished fifth in MVP behind Devin Booker, I guess, didn't he? <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's right. There's some stack going around Twitter. This is the first time that we've ever had a conference finals with the four teams where we didn't have at least one guy who finished in the top mm. four of MVP voting. Wow. Just a weird little fact going around there. On the old Twitter machines. Yeah, yeah. I like that one. Because yeah, I was one. looking it up yeah. yesterday. Who's going to be the highest voter left? And yeah, it's either. Is it Luca or Tatum then? Who? Uh, Luca finished Luke. fifth, I think. He finished yeah. fifth and then yeah. Tatum was sixth? Is that right? I think so, yeah, because oh, okay. I, I thought it was Booker. Yeah, Dunker, yeah. Um, well, let's talk about the Suns mm. sort of offseason here, mm. especially Aiton, and then we will get to uh, just sort of teeing up um, the Warriors Sun, uh, excuse me, Warriors Mavericks Conference Finals. So, what is the biggest question? Is it the Aiton? dilemma here for the Suns this offseason or is there something else Dad? yeah it's it's DeAndre and he's a restricted free agent he wanted a five year max before this year apparently the Suns front office offered, offered him four in the max but wouldn't go to the five in the max uh, he is you know ex- an extremely solid player 16 and 10 60% shooting over his four year career does he dare sign a qualifying offer and just be paid 16 mil this offseason right. and then go wherever he wants? Uh, or, you know, does he just look at the landscape, get a four-year max from someone else and potentially have the Suns re-sign as they can, uh, sign him to that same deal and he would come back? You know, talking about this championship window, do they believe in DeAndre Ayton as their number two, I would say? Because if Chris Paul is 37 years old and he couldn't get it done in this offseason when the opposition made it clear. Let's double Devin. See what happens. <laughs> yeah. and, and no, and nobody could step up. Uh, obviously, DeAndre Ayton left this game pissed at Monty Williams. I suppose because he only played 17 minutes. I'm, I'm not sure that's a, a riff that they can't heal. But is he enough to be a number two guy? Are they going to be able to go to him over and over and over again? And he isn't a dump it, just give it to him, face up type guy. Uh, he is yeah, a, a guy who needs to be on the roll to be set up. And uh, that's that's the worrisome part if you're thinking about winning next season. Uh, Chris Paul, is, uh, it's got to be the age. I mean, what else could it be uh, th- that he just isn't able to do it for four straight series? He was incredible for part of this run. So do you believe in Aiton to be that number two guy? I suppose they could. Um, but, you know, with the... With, uh, just the the lack of ability and Mikel Bridges and Jay Crowder right now as your other options in this starting lineup to be able to create for themselves. Uh, Aiton sort of has to be that guy, so that's the question that they're asking. Not only the number they give him, but yeah, you're locking into another couple years because you got to remember Chris Paul is getting paid approximately thirty mil for the next two seasons here. Uh, and uh, is it a uh, third three. season? He's got yeah, 25. He signed, yeah, he signed that yeah. three-year $90 million deal mm. that starts next season. I thought it started this season. So that's what yeah. your team is. Right, and so if you Aiton. give Aiton the max or something around that, then you are a luxury tax team here too. That's which what you are. Uh, we have, it's been a long time since, I think, uh, Sarver leaning into that <laughs> idea. Like 0-9-0-10, or 0-9-0-10 was mm. the last time the Suns uh, went into the luxury tax. But yeah, 
Uh, what do you do with Aiton? Uh, he's going to be back. I would imagine he'll get a max from somebody, and I think that the Suns should match it because he's still a young guy. I don't think um, I don't think that the qualifying offer is going to be the way he goes. That's pretty rare, and I remember during uh, his NBA draft time, he signed with Puma because they offered him the biggest bag. So I assume he's still watching that bag, and he's a solid player. But of you course. saw. You definitely saw his uh, his limitations here. I thought the Suns actually missed Dario Saric kind of in this series. They just don't have a small ball necessarily lineup because, like you're saying, they would rather run McGee out there as a backup guy or maybe Biombo as a backup guy. So that that little variance of having a small ball five getting Saric back will help next summer. But, uh, I mean... I don't know what's going on with Aiton. It is a weird season considering they didn't extend him right away, and it ended kind of strange with him playing 17 minutes. Monty Williams said it's internal. He's probably... Probably everybody's just pissed yeah. when that's yeah. happening, right? Like, Aiton was kind of loafing defensively, so they're down 40. Let's yank him. Uh, yeah. But I think he'll be back. I think he's solid, and you would love to see him take that next step to mm. be either a playmaker in the short role, which doesn't necessarily seem like his game, or more likely to me really develop your post game so you can punish some small guys inside. He's got a nice hook shot, but I would love to see him try and dunk some more <laughs> next season, get to the line. So I think he'll be back. I think it's smart to bring him back. This is obviously still a very good team. Yeah. You just need your stars to show up in star-making time. So you think it's more likely, uh, as a restricted free agent, some some team. I mean, there's not a ton of teams with that type of cap space, but Pistons, Pacers, Magic, I think Spurs are one of them. Blazers could get there, but you'd think they would offer a max deal, Suns match, so that's a four-year then sort of max deal, yeah. and they run it back. you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. There'll be a ton of teams who will just throw the max at him to just see if they can entice the Suns to let him go, but the Suns won't do that. If I'm the Suns, I just sign him to the max five-year straight away. I would do that because he's only 23. That, that contract is not going to be one you're going to be tough to move if things don't work out. He certainly can improve his game. Trey mentions the inside stuff. He only gets the free throw line about two times a game. Mm-hmm. He needs to be much more dominant inside. We've shown flashes of it this season. I love that little jump hook that he's got and the little push shot in the lane there. So he can develop. And if you're the Suns, okay, your window is still open. You may as well invest in these guys right now. And then if it still doesn't work in a year or two, then you can move on. But you don't give up a young talent like that just because he's a bit pissed off right now. Uh, Unless you're getting something back in return that's even better than him, which I don't think they they will do. So I think. So what a, was the reason for not doing it in the first place? Then I mean, you're saying do it now. Yeah, yeah good season. Tass was right. Good regular season. I think it's okay. because they cheaped out on him. Myself. Mm-hmm. I mean, you draft this guy number one, and he's shown flashes of talent, like really good talent. He should be an all star in the next couple of years. You just, I think you would just say, you send the message, we believe in this right, guy. Right. Again, knowing that if this is not going to be one of those contracts in two years' time, like, oh, how are we going to get off this? I think you have to uh, invest in him and just say, just to say to the other teams, he's not available under any circumstances. He may want to go somewhere else, but if you're the Suns, keep this window open. Like, you don't just throw out the baby with the bathwater, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Say, well, that's it. We nice. had our chance. Booker is still, I mean, he's 25. Yeah. Okay, Chris Paul, sure. But Bridges, what's he, 25 as well. He's also on a fairly big deal. This is a good core. This is a very good right. team. They can go much further than they did this season. So It's a very good hesitate. team, but it's a very expensive team suddenly with all yeah, these guys. But I mean, so you got to, I mean, when you, especially a guy like Sarver right now, still yeah. in control, of course, but... Uh, you know, if you're only coming up, if you're coming up short in the second round, then yeah. you're not going into luxury tax. I for think you're like going to come generally. up shorter if Especially you don't have Phoenix. guys like Aiden though in your team as well. Again, if if you've got a better option out there, sure. I don't think there is okay. for them right now. And uh, again, he's a billionaire. I'm not going to be crying tears no, over him. No. Uh, no. He has to spend a bit more money to win a championship. Um, is there anything else you, that's sort of surrounding the Suns here? Is there anything another need that they need um, to sort of <laughs> take it to the next step and? 
And do you even consider moving Chris Paul? Let's have that conversation. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, I mean, if, if, if you're, and you're right, the track record has shown he just like can't do this, but he's only getting older. He's not getting younger that he can't do this for an entire season. He was probably helped out by the hand injury this year. We talked about that. Remember he was out for a while. Mm. Maybe actually saved him a little bit, saved those legs for a little bit. Look great in the Pelican series. Look good at the start of this one and then disappeared. Um, is that insane though to to move in that big deal like you said still and try and get something in return and, and obviously you're you're focusing then on Booker and Bridges and I guess Aiton in this equation? Yeah, nothing is insane, but yeah. uh, they have to get better internally most likely. That's the the question mark. It's on Aiton, it's on Booker. And uh yes, I don't think you can expect Chris Paul to be an elite player for four rounds. But that's what the uh, chemistry here. That's what that's what the recipe was for the Phoenix Suns. They had to. They needed him to be amazing. So Aiton is the yeah the the number one, number two, number three question. I think Sarge may have helped a little, but uh, yeah, the starting lineup has to get a little bit more uh, yeah varied in their offense. I mean, just just be a little bit more dynamic because Jason Kidd took one guy away, and that was the series. So maybe we'll see Booker being triple teamed. During the uh, pickup runs this summer, and like that, like will be the next step. Then he'll be able to handle the double teams. So he'll be pissed about triple teams. Yeah, exactly. But then right. he'll be able to handle the double teams in the playoffs. It's possible. Well, I definitely think that uh, Booker and Aiton should be in the gym together, working on how yeah. to attack pick and roll situations. I because, I mean, I think Chris Paul will come back. He's still waiting for this deal, and you know it's going to be hard to find a player to replace him with that you're going to be better off with. So I assume Chris Paul will be back, but going forward, like for the next five years, it's definitely Booker and Aiton's team over the course of things, and they just have to be able to to perform in the playoffs. Like It's weird that Aiton turned into Rudy Gobert in this <laughs> series, because he did. He wasn't scoring inside, and he was food on the perimeter. Every time they saw him, they're like, okay, this is an yeah. easy layup for us, and that did not seem like it would be the case heading into the into this matchup. All right, let's talk a little Warriors-Mavericks. J.D., I think you got the schedule. Uh, this one's get started on, what, Wednesday. Mm. Um, the Eastern Conference Finals start tomorrow on Tuesday night, but first game, game one here, 9 o'clock. TNT's got the West. Think they're happy about that? Uh, well, Shaq sort of talked about it a little bit there last night. They're happy they're not going to dry-ass Phoenix, he said to, uh, to Charles. <laughs> right, right. Uh, well, we'll tee us up here, Lee. We'll yeah. do the deep dive tomorrow when we do both of the conference finals. We'll, we'll lock in our predictions and all that on tomorrow's show. But, yeah, what's your, your first thoughts here on Warriors uh, Mavericks in the West? Absolute banger of a series. Banger. Really, really should be. Because <laughs> let's look at it. Like, if you're the Warriors and you're Steve Kerr, you're like, okay, so what do we do here with Luka? Do Who's back, go- by the way, Steve Kerr? That's right. Uh, do we go? single coverage and just say all right we've got some good defenders it's probably going to be probably clay thompson gets the first job on luca i don't think it'll be steph i don't think it'll be andrew wiggins draymond will get some time at some point it won't be starting and then obviously whoever their big is it won't be them so i think it's clay and i think steve kerr's first task will probably be let's go single coverage because we know that the mavs want to spread the floor out and get those guys like a brunson a bollock finney smith and spencer when he comes off the bench they want to shoot threes that's what they want to do so we it's a pick your poison for sure because it's like if we load up on Luca and dare those guys to beat us they might be able to do that because they've done that in the first couple of series here mm-hmm. but alternatively it's like one on one no one's really going to stop Luca either so he can easily go and score and get his if he gets hot as we saw last night the Mavericks are very, very tough to uh, to defeat. So that's where I'm first looking. And I think then defensively, it's what do the Mavericks do? They've been outstanding defensively yeah. so far in the first two series here. So Steve Kerr, we know offensively, they've got so many weapons here. The Warriors, you know, obviously Steph and Clay, we know about those. Andrew Wiggins, I think, is going to be just plonked in the corner. 
fire away if you get those threes. And then, of course, it depends exactly how they play a Looney or when Jordan Poole comes in or a Kaminga, whoever that big is, if they try to also exploit that with a little bit of their athleticism. You know, Draymond's going to be, I think, facilitating a ton of that offense at the top where he's like shooters everywhere and then guys just attacking the paint. Aren't kidding the Mavs going to like say, Draymond, you do something. You try and yeah, score. Yeah, I mean, that, yeah, I guess they will. Yeah. Um, and this is, this is the thing. This is the chess game here. It's like both teams, I think, can sort of really match each other well, can kind of blow each other out, but they're both kind of, if they both get hot, it's going to be incredible. So mm-hmm. I, I'm so excited. excited for this series because uh, Luca. I mean, remember, he missed the first couple of games against, the first three games against the Utah Jazz. Yeah. And it was like, is he injured? What's he going to do? And now he comes out down 3-2 in the series and came back and, and, and did that. I don't know who I'm going to pick. I'm glad we've got a couple of days here. But uh, this one, one you got is... one day. You have basically 24 hours to make your decision. This one is a spicy, spicy series. The Warriors <laughs> should be favorite. They're home. They they're are. rested. Yep. But uh, I think we're going to see a, a banger of a series. Okay. Mm-hmm. Do you agree with Banger Man over here? <laughs> banger, banger Man. man. Yeah. Banger Man, my old friend. Yes. Uh, I'm jacked for this series, Ooh, of course. Cool. We got a banger and a jacked. Yeah. Can't wait to see what Trey is. Uh, yeah. Keep, keep yeah, going. Yeah. Yeah. What what do you I had Banger and Jack written down. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the third one. <laughs> what, are, what are you thinking, though, Tass, with this? Banger and Jacks. My favorite breakfast. <laughs> um, what am I thinking? I, I can't wait to watch. Yeah, the the isolation is definitely what the Warriors are going to do to Luka. They're not going to double him. Right. They did it with Jokic. Yeah. Uh, and they're going to try and I think they're going to use a variety of guys. I think Wiggins will get plenty yes. of turn on yeah. him. Uh, and... You know, unfortunately, uh, Gary Payton II isn't around at this point. I don't think he'll be back uh, to bother uh, Luca, but, you know, that would be a nice little matchup to watch there on the perimeter. But Luca feels comfortable with the pressure. I think the Mavs are going to be in a very different spot defensively than they were you know, facing that Suns offense. The Warriors are going to be moving, 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 and uh, there should be enough shots for those guys to, to get up. It's going to be different. I don't know if we're going to get to, like, a, a 93s per game. But something crazy is going to happen. Uh, There's going to be lots of threes going up, and it's going to be delightful for sure. What what are you terming this one? Banger? Mm. He's jacked. What do you got? This series is going to be on and popping. Oh, wow. yeah. Raise the roof. Oh, yeah. On and popping. On and popping. <laughs> Shut Does that work? I, I'm like, seriously, I yeah. couldn't think of a third hey. one. On and popping. I think it is because they're going to be on and popping those the three-pointers. Threes. I think this really comes down to whoever shoots threes better. <laughs> that seems to be the case in every game. Yeah, that is the case in every yeah. game. So here's your question. Who's better at small ball? Because that's what this is really going to come right. down to. Warriors small ball versus Mavs small ball. I'll say the Mavs have been better at generating wide-open three-point looks because Steph has kind of struggled in the playoffs. I think he shot 32% from three uh, against Memphis, which if you are the Mavericks, you're, maybe you're thinking, oh, good, we can keep him to 32%. Or you think, uh-oh, <laughs> he shot 32%. That means the bounce back is yeah. happening. But uh, I guess we'll see. The Mavs have a lot of perimeter length, actually, uh, with Reggie Bullock, Dorian Finney-Smith, even Frank Nielakina, I thought was mm. pretty effective against Phoenix. Just those longer guards, I think, could be uh, effective against, especially like a Jordan Poole, like, who kind of ha- struggled at the end of um, the Grizzlies series. So... I don't know. Uh, who's the best player in this series? Is it Luka or is it Steph? It's been Luka so far in the playoffs. Yeah. Obviously, the Warriors have the championship pedigree, and they've been playing small ball winning championships for seven seasons at this point. 
I kind of feel like the Mavs have a better small ball unit right now because you're not getting any scoring from the front court for the most part uh, of the Warriors. So I think uh, Draymond creating for others, getting wide open threes for the Warriors will be big. But when they go small, we shall see. Yeah, I think the Mavs are loving the fact that they're, they're underdogs again in yeah. this series. If you saw like kids post game comments and the whole like nobody believes in us, you know, <laughs> nobody everybody... believes in anyone. No, apparently. they don't. But it's it's true, <laughs> and at least in that that's last series. And you said it, the Warriors are favorites here. Yeah. They got the home court advantage, and I think actually that's I would be I wouldn't like it if the Mavericks were favored. You know, it's right. like I think they're they're relishing the fact that they are the underdogs. Yeah. They can play loose, especially oh, yeah. the way they play with all the three pointers going up. And you've got Luca. You're confident that he's going to dictate the game. Yeah. Um, so yes, this is going to be a very just straight up exciting series. I'll keep it very. <laughs> I hope it uh, lives up to it. That That's way. the thing. I hope it does live up to it. Yeah. Well, did the last like did Suns Mavs live up to it? It was a weird series because there was no yeah. close no. games. Yeah. Well, yeah. It, I remember. But then that... we had some like pretty epic performances yeah. from Luca. Yeah. Yeah. Even Booker did have some good games. Remember the Friday before last, we were like, this this series might be over by the time we came in last yeah. Monday, yes. and instead yes. we're like, wow, we just had an incredible game seven. Yeah. So. Uh, I guess it did in the end, but it didn't really either <laughs> no, at the same no. time. <laughs> yeah, there's no, no close game sucks. That's the, the tough part. Yeah. But again, we will talk X Factors, other things to watch, and make our predictions on tomorrow's show. But you guys can get started now in the stream team. Hey, where were you leaning? Honestly, oh, probably living in the moment a little. I think I'm with you. Yeah. Wow. I love I, it. I'm again. So then the question is, are you going Mavericks right now? Are you thinking Mavericks in six because they're doing it at home? Or are you thinking Mavericks in seven? Yeah. I, oh, man, after seeing Luca, I don't think it really matters now if it does go back to go uh, San Francisco now for yeah. seven. But I, I always think that if you are, if you can steal that game to get home court, to have a chance to close that at home, it mm. is your best bet. But uh, yeah, man, Luca, I, I think I'm leaning Mavs. Mm. I think I'm leaning Mavs right now. Okay. Uh, we'll make our official predictions tomorrow. Let's take our first break. When we come back, we'll talk about Grant Williams. He's the new Steph Curry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about Grant Williams catching fire in Game 7, look ahead to Heat Celtics, and uh, talk a little bit about the Bucks offseason. Don't go anywhere. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. I got to get something off my chest. Nothing drives me crazier than sending a message to a group chat and getting no response. That's why I'm a big emoji responder. Love a hang loose hand or a salute. But man, it hurts when you send a message and get nothing back. Ouch. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Therapy isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks. This episode of NoDunks is brought to you by BetterHelp. Sort of ironic, though, when you think about it, because you want to go to a game, you get your seat through SeatGeek, mm -hmm. but then you want a game so entertaining that you're never sitting down. Mm. 
That is that is pretty crazy. If you're sitting, you're almost like disappointed. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> oh, that's when Green you, good, red that's bad. when the butt gets some air and is really excited. Wow. <laughs> yeah, you got to air it out. This right? is amazing. Good I'm point. standing. Uh, let's get to talking about Grant Williams playing hero for the Boston Celtics. <laughs> Speaking of butts. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Drained seven threes in the game seven win on Sunday. Um, Tess. Is he the story from this one? Well, they left him open. Watching Grant Williams, all I could think of was Big Baby Davis's comments recently saying, I look at Grant Williams and I say, that could have been me. If I had it all together, that could have been me. No, that's not what I was thinking. I was thinking, Yanis Tedekumbo played a ridiculously good series. Through six games, he was averaging 35 points. He was trying to put the team on his back like he did in the NBA Finals, and it looked good to start this game first quarter. He nearly had a triple-double. Yeah. He was 10-8-6 and six, uh, in the first quarter. But things slowed down. Uh, tw- game 7, he had only 25. He missed some bunnies. And as he said after the game, quote, legs heavy, body heavy, mind heavy. Everything was heavy. He just couldn't do it for seven games. He really had to carry this team without Chris Middleton. They needed him to have a monster series like he did in the finals. And averaging 35 going into that game, he was. He was amazing. He had three 40-point games. You know, last year in the finals, he had that 50-point game. He just couldn't get to that level, which is asking a hell of a lot. Uh, He shot 25 shots in all seven games of the series. So he was trying to do that. First player to do that in over 20 years. Allen Iverson, the last player to do that. Uh, 200 points, 100 boards, 50 assists in a series for the first time ever in NBA history that a player got those numbers. And he's still leading the league in scoring. Uh, playoff scoring at 31.7 as he sits down uh, and he sat as soon as he was pulled two minutes left in this game hit that bench head back eyes closed soaking it all in he was done he just he just couldn't do what his team needed to because they couldn't support him without Chris Middleton they needed Middleton on both sides really uh, and the guys you know trying to fill in for him couldn't do enough Bobby Porter shot 22% for the series Grace Allen had a good game one and then after that kind of disappeared 2 of 18 from deep in the final 6 games while the Celtics got stronger deeper stronger bigger bigger butts uh, Grant Williams (laughs) Grant Williams alone took 18 threes in this game an NBA record for most threes in a game 7 and he tied the game 7 makes record with 7 and that's why they were calling him Grant Curry after this game because he's from Charlotte I guess Uh, and you know that's where Steph is from as well. So Grant Curry, sure. Uh, the Celtics made 53 more threes than the Bucks in their seven-game conference final series here. That was the biggest differential in a playoff series in NBA history. That's a big number. That's 53. a huge number. Uh, but, they, I mean, they're right there. The Bucks were right there. Uh, just couldn't overcome it. And, unfortunately, we got a bad, bad game seven because Giannis had to be a monster again, especially with the guys not coming through uh, beside him. Game plan was to leave Grant mm. Williams open, <laughs> and he uh, knocked down his first one, and then he was feeling it all game long. And I mean, actually, there was even a couple early on. He's like, hey, "Should I take this again?" No. Yeah. And then, uh, and then he didn't. And then I think uh, Udoka, and then obviously uh, by all accounts, everybody's like, "You got to shoot this, man!" Yeah. Literally, yeah. everyone. Let us like, If you don't shoot it, we're gonna we're gonna hit you. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna punch you in the face. And, that was uh, a good quote. A good quote from him saying, <laughs> "Like, when you got 15 guys plus your yeah. coach saying to you." Hey, shoot that next one. Shoot that next It's hard to get in your head yeah. and stop shooting. Big, 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 big performance by the 14th guy on the bench, the 15th guy on the bench. Everybody chatting to him, and that <laughs> helped. 
Well, and Grant Williams got in foul trouble early because he was defending. He had a big role on this team, but he did sort of overcome that and then just came back back and fired away. But the discrepancy in the three-point shooting is is pretty huge. I mean, the Celtics for the series averaged 15 a game, the Bucks only eight. So you're basically giving up, yeah. you know, double the amount of three-pointers in every single game. But even still, even Giannis yesterday, it looked like he was going to just fill in a huge box score here. But he did seem to just, the, the weight of everything, I think, sort of caught up with him a bit where he knew every trip down the court, he was seeing either Horford or Williams or Brown or Tatum or a combination of those guys. And he needed someone to be basically like a Spencer Dinwiddie. Like someone sort of just released those the pressure on me to have to do everything. And they just didn't get that from anybody there. Drew Holiday struggled in this game. He's been good for the most the part of this series. But you could really tell. I think Brooke Lopez was probably their second best player yesterday. I would have liked to have seen them go a little bit more inside. Both Brooke and Giannis were able to sort of get those little pushy, floaty shots off. But again, when you're scoring twos and the other team yeah. fells like, <laughs> it just they were just hitting a three every single time, especially at the start of that third quarter there where the game really got away from them. And... Uh, that was it. The Bucks just you just were like, how are they going to be able to score enough here to keep up? And uh, and Jason Tatum, I mean, he only had twenty three points, eight assists yesterday. I thought he was remarkable again for this series. Well, he, yeah. And then especially Game Six. Yeah, game I mean, Six is they, where they, they won. They win the series, yeah, because yeah, of him. Because of him. Yeah. And that, in that uh, what third and fourth quarter, where he's hitting those long jumpers, and it was like, man, he is on one here today. So uh, congrats to the Celtics. They had to fight and scrap for it. Yeah. If Middleton plays, do the Bucks win? Maybe, probably. They didn't have him, though, and they still put up a pretty good fight. But, look, they led this series 1-0. They led this series 3-2, and they also lose in seven, although big difference, of course, they lose on the road yeah. in Game 7. I, I mean, you talked about just Giannis sort of having to do everything for the entire series, where the Celtics, all of their wins had somebody else being the hero. Jalen Brown in Game 2, right. Al Horford in Game 4, mm. Jason Tatum in Game 6, just special, special stuff there, and then Grant Williams in Game 7, uh, being left open and knocking them down, making them pay, 7 of 18 from deep. Yeah, the the series was really won in that game six yep. because the Bucks got a Giannis game. Like yep. 44 yeah. and 20 from Giannis and then for the Celtics to actually pull out the win with Tatum going to one level above Giannis. I mean, that was the series right there because anything can happen in a game seven. And as we saw, one team made four threes, the other team made 22 threes. Sometimes it just comes down to three-point shooting. Oh, mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Whoever makes the most threes is going to win. And that's what it was in this one. The, the Bucks were happy to play their defense that we've seen them play for a bunch of seasons that yep. has gotten them embarrassed in the 2019 season, the 2020 season. The shot is going to be there. Are you going to take it? Grant Williams was willing to take it. Mm-hmm. And the Bucks, even in the postgame uh, press conferences, were basically saying, hey, this was the defense we decided to play. We said, if you beat us, Grant Williams, you beat us. And he completely did. So kudos to the Celtics being able to pull off the win from the Grant Williams game and from the Al Horford game. Like when your role players show up like that, you got to get the win. And they did in both of those um, circumstances. So this was this was incredible stuff uh, from the Celtics. This has been the best series we've seen so far. It's a bummer we didn't get to see uh, Milwaukee at completely full strength, but even not at full strength, they played them as if they were. Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, they put up a hell of a fight, the defending champs, without Chris Middleton. Do you think they win the series if Middleton plays? Because, like, what he can help defensively on the wing, yeah. and then, you know, he probably, in the series, if he hypothetically plays, there probably is a Chris Middleton game. Of course. So, I mean, that obviously helps their chances. I sort of think that way. Yeah. But it's uh, hard. not it's to take anything away from the Celtics, who, I mean, had to, to give it their all and still beat them. Yeah, it's hard not to think Middleton would have been a big factor having watched you know so much of these Milwaukee Bucks over the last few years he comes through you know for a game or two or three I mean he is uh, he is their best perimeter score when they obviously lack perimeter scoring beside Giannis Antetokounmpo who was going to the hoop and he was doing everything he could and I think the big reason why people are picking the Boston Celtics right now 
as the as the team that's going to beat the Miami Heat and could win the championship is their resiliency to overcome that game five loss where yep. they were up 14 points in the fourth quarter. They gave that thing away. They ran into each other. Marcus Smart, uh, you know, did what he did at the end of that game. They also overcame that game three loss where they had the Marcus Smart, you know, free throw and the tip, 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 tip. They overcame a couple times. So they're a resilient bunch that's obviously – obviously been playing the best ball in the NBA the last few months so that's why this uh, Celtics Heat series you know uh, could could uh, you know mirror a lot of people's picks in the Western Conference where people are picking the quote unquote underdog slash road team even though the mm. Celtics are the uh, the favorite as the road team here okay well we'll get to that in a second Heat Celtics and, and our initial thoughts on that but uh, with Milwaukee Bucks uh, what do you think the biggest question is surrounding them heading into the offseason? What do they got to shore up here? Well, they were a very good three-point shooting team during the regular season, but not so much during the postseason. Now, of course, Middleton is a is a factor of that. But yeah. I think as well, you notice that like guys like Connaughton, uh, you know, Grayson Allen, they really can't step it up to, and fill in the gap. So yeah. I think that's where I think that's where John Horst is mainly going to start looking around because Middleton. Giannis, Drew and Brooke are all under contract next season and Brooke's 34 he missed obviously most of this season but he looked pretty good when he did play I thought for the most part in the playoffs here he's moving well enough and that's why I think you've still got a core that's been together they're a pretty tough resilient group if they have their stars, maybe they're still in the playoffs, maybe not, who knows. So I think it's really more just around the edges. Wes Matthews was fine, but I think you want to probably improve in that area as well. So a little bit more depth and maybe that sort of other guy who you know can hit the threes, but I don't think they need major changes. I, don't, I think Bud will be back. I don't think you see why they wouldn't bring him back. And again, Giannis is 27. He was incredible this season. He, you're, you're getting 55 wins just from Giannis and nobody else on the roster anyway. So I think the Bucks overall don't want to look at this as a, as a disaster or a letdown. They just say, yeah, you know what, injuries, maybe all those other playoff runs caught up with us a little bit. We need to improve the uh, role player guys a little yeah. bit more depth, I think, is that, that. And they've got some flexibility here. Obviously, their big guys are all lo- uh, locked up anyway. They can make a few little moves. But uh, an injury to Middleton is a perfect example of why throughout a regular season, you need to focus a little bit on building up guys on your bench and getting them mm. some confidence because something like that happens and then you need somebody to step up. And a lot of those guys, they couldn't over the course of a series. That's for sure. Connaughton, I mean, he was fine at times. Grayson Allen was garbage. I yeah. mean, I'm, I'm a little shocked Budenholzer continued to go with him as this series went on. He Maybe he was just praying, like, one of these games he's got to hit some threes, and he never really did, and he was getting exposed on the other end. Wesley Matthews, I, I think age caught up to him a little bit as the series went on, too. Um, Poor Wesley. But, yeah. Uh, uh, well, who was he going to go to, though? Javon yeah. Carter, I, well, I know, maybe? I know. Uh, just to have a Javon Carter game, they just... They gave up a lot for Drew Holiday, and yeah, they're they're a top-heavy bunch that won a championship. They did it, uh, but yeah, Pat Condon was their third best player in this series. Bobby Portis had the such a great first round, and then came back to earth here uh, in the second round. Celtics were just really, really good at taking those guys away, though. They were they were very good. They got open shots. We saw the Grayson Allen game against the Bulls, and that changed big time in this series. Poor Wesley Matthews. It's a real Anderson Verjao situation. Played forever with the Cavs. Couldn't get a title with them. Wesley Matthews, you know, he was there with the Bucks. Then he left. They won a title and he came back, and they just couldn't get it done here. Uh, feel for him, but yeah, they they they're a top heavy bunch. But yeah, if he's if you know, it's not fun to to resort to this analysis. But Chris Middleton's there. This is a, a another championship level team. And Giannis, I think was was he just showed that he is a number one guy. Whether he's the best player in the game or whatever, you just need guys that can support him a little bit they were so freaking close but uh yeah holiday he did he was it was 
put up his shots. We did everything you could ask for him from him, other than you know being Make a little him. bit more efficient. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he yeah. was trying out there. He averaged yeah. twenty in this series. Uh, but He's trying to fill the Middleton void, and yeah. he did it for some moments in the series, and other times definitely did not. And then the drop off from there. You know, Pat Connaughton and and Bobby Porter's averaged ten points in this series. They just needed more. Brooke was probably the guy. You know, maybe if he had some more push shots in there. Um, but he couldn't hit a three, surprisingly. Mm-hmm. He hit one three in this series. And uh, that that really is the difference to me. That guy should be able to, you know, light on fire from inside and outside. But maybe age is getting to him, too. Yeah, he is 34 years old. He'll be going into the last year of his deal next year. But he's been like a key piece uh, for the Bucks, So I assume he will at least be back. I don't know, though. It's like, you can't have it all. They've got three all-star players that they pay a ton of money to. One of them got hurt, so you're not going to have the depth there. Like Tass is saying, it's going to be Grayson Allen, Javon Carter, or George Hill. Like, what are, what are you supposed to do in that scenario? Especially considering, like, during the year, Connaughton and Allen shot, like, 40% from three. They were just brutal uh, against, uh, against the Celtics here. The one big piece to me that was missing for Milwaukee this year, outside of... Uh, Lopez being hurt for the majority of the years. They never had a P.J. Tucker replacement. Mm. You talked about that a ton. He was huge against Kevin Durant in the playoffs last season. They just didn't have that big sort of defensive switchy wing slash smaller big guy. They tried to tra- they tried to get Abaka. They yeah. traded for him during, yeah. uh, during the trade deadline. He obviously wasn't in the rotation at all in the playoffs. And then it had like the knock-on effect of now Dante DiVincenzo is gone, who could have been another sort of uh, potential option for Budenholzer out there on the wing. But... I don't know. I mean, stars win in this league, no doubt about it. We just saw it with the Suns. Their two stars didn't show up, so they didn't win their game seven. One of the stars for the Bucks was not available. If he's available, it's maybe a different series. This basically same team is going to run back next year. I actually think Wesley Matthews was a solid signing this year. Like, he played well. The Lakers would have loved to have him back, but is he going to be as good next year? Is Bobby Portis going to sign his player option, or is there another team that would be interested in Bobby Portis? Seems like a guy that would be desirable to a lot of teams. Same with Connaughton. He's got a player option, but other other teams could perhaps be interested in him as well. So there's not a ton of moves for the Bucks to make. They need mm-hmm. some pieces. They need some upgrades for sure, but they've got their core. They just have to hope they're healthy next year. Relatively quick turnaround here for the Celtics uh, yeah. as they prepare to face the Heat uh, in the conference finals. Second time in the last three seasons. Mm. Game one, JD, that tips on Tuesday, 8.30 p.m. Eastern uh, from South Beach there. Following the draft lottery, you know that's tomorrow? I saw it going around <laughs> yesterday and I was like, oh. I guess, it caught uh, me by surprise. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's find out where those ping pong balls yeah. are going to drop. Uh, that's that's uh, prior to game one of the Eastern Conference Finals tomorrow. Uh, again, we'll do our deep dive and, and we'll make the official predictions on tomorrow's pod. But, uh, Trey, first thoughts on Miami-Boston here. Uh, again, these two teams going at it once again. Here. My first thoughts is that this is a huge step up in competition for Miami. They had the Hawks in round one. That was pretty easy. They had the Sixers in disarray without Embiid. Then he comes back. They were good for two games, and then he was hobbled and pretty easy once again uh, for Miami. The Celtics back-to-back, high-quality opponents. We thought maybe their first-round series against the Nets would be (laughs) a pseudo-NBA final. Not the case. Mopped the floor with them. And then we had a classic against Milwaukee. So I think that Boston is at least better prepared coming into this series, having played some uh, high-level playoff basketball so far. They've also got a little history from the bubble when the Heat beat mm. the Celtics 4-2. to That was like Jimmy Butler's kind of uh, putting his name on the map, and that's the main thing I'm excited about 
Jimmy Butler versus Jason Tatum. They both got a lot of defensive options. They're both going to switch a ton, but it does feel like one of those series where the best guy on one team will be going head-to-head with the best guy on the other team for a big chunk, and that's going to be really exciting because these two guys have been some great guys so far. (laughs) We probably haven't talked enough about how good Jimmy Butler's been. 28 points per game, 7 rebounds, 5 assists, 52 from the field, 36 from 3. Two steals as well. He's been on the all-tournament team as far as I'm concerned. Tatum right there with him. 28 a game, five rebounds, six assists, 44 from the field, 39 from three. A steal, a block, doing it on both ends as well. That game six duel with Giannis was like just another step in his superstar progression. So this is exciting to me. I mean, we got to worry about Kyle Lowry's status. I guess that's the one injury thing kind of hanging over uh, this series at all. Robert Williams was able to come back for game seven, but this should be a banger. I assume the Celtics are going to be most people's picks, which is exactly how the Heat would want it. Nobody's (laughs) paying any attention to Miami right now. (laughs) They're just happy to grind it out and get some dubs. Mm. Yes, uh, Celtics are favorites in this series, according to Vegas, despite going to be starting game one on the road. Rust versus rest. (laughs) If the Heat win, see, better to be rested. Mm. The Celtics win, just got to keep on playing. (laughs) Heat were rusty. Uh, No, this should also be a great series. And I wonder, Robert Williams was technically available yesterday, but he didn't play. So I wonder if the Celtics looked at that and thought, let's try to squeeze an extra day of rest in here because he's going to have potentially a very big series if he's going up against Bam inside there. Uh, This is where, I mean, look, Horford and PJ Tucker and Bam, it's going to be a physical dogfight down there. There's going to be a a lot of... Which the Celtics just went through versus the Bucks. I think that's what sort of Trey's Mm -hmm. pointing out. I mean, it's like the the Heat really weren't having to do that as much in these two series they've played. Not a lot of stress yet. No, No, but I think the Heat will also like that as well. They like a fight. They like to become very, very physical like that. Uh, Jimmy versus Jason... Obviously can't wait for that. Tatum has been incredible and he's younger, so he's got that age on his side. Whereas Jimmy, you know, a little bit older here. So if he has to work on the defensive end, which I expect they're going to make him do, he's going to want that. But also at the same time, a longer series, I think, favors Boston in that sense. Mm. I think they're, they're younger legs there. We haven't really seen great three-point shooting on the road, certainly from the Miami Heat so far in Philadelphia. <laughs> Definitely not in Philadelphia. No, they, they can only re- hit seven. That's where they exactly. cap out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that, again, that's that's a, that's where I think it's really important for the Celtics to steal one of these first two games and get back to Boston and start raining those threes like we just saw against the Milwaukee Bucks. So I think things are favoured in, uh, in Boston's way right now. But again, Miami, it'd be crazy to dismiss or write off Miami right. because, uh, yeah, they, they've got that same mentality. No one believes in the number one seed at home with a few extra days rest. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? What are you watching for? I can't wait to see Jimmy against this Celtics defense. Uh, the Celtics are just so friggin' solid. I, I think anybody in that starting lineup can guard Jimmy Butler fairly well. I think it helps. You know, th- they overcame Yasted Kubo. They overcame Kevin Durant in the first series. Now, Jimmy is a little bit of a smaller player. I think you know Jalen Brown can guard him. Well, he couldn't have guarded Giannis. Now you got Tatum, uh, Al Horford, even Robert Williams can take a turn. And Marcus Smart is their tiny guy that Butler is bigger than. But that's that's going to be very tough uh, for Jimmy in that bubble uh, where you know the Celtics feel like they're a little bit they're a little bit young, a little bit green back then. Jason Tatum, uh, you know, said it was his third year. He, he, he you know, the, the the Heat just overwhelmed uh, the Celtics in that series. Bam Adebayo was their leading scorer in that series, so. Robert Williams is going to be pretty key here. He destroyed Daniel Tyson in that series, and I think Robert Williams is uh, going to, you know, if if he can be out there, try and limit Bam because I, I think Butler is amazing as he's been. The Celtics are just they're real freaking deep right now. Uh, you think, oh, the the Heat are this team that comes at you with every single guy, but the Celtics are 
just playing better one through eight. Uh, He'd have, you know, some tiny holes here. Even if Lowry comes back, he's not 100%. So I think the Celtics can pick on Max Struess and Gabe Vincent. Yeah, and or Lowry, even though he's a great defender, if he's unhealthy. So there's, there, I think there's a couple holes there for the Heat while the Celtics are just rock solid at this point. Yeah, very excited for this one. Again, starts on Tuesday night. Let's hear predictions from you guys in the stream team right now. We'll lock ours in tomorrow when we do the deep dives on both of these series. Um, I'm just excited to see, like we just saw in the last series between the Bucks and Celtics, like who are the random guys that's going to like step up? And is there another Max Struess game uh, in the mix here for Miami? Is it, you know, Can Grant do that again? Mm. You know, Peyton Pritchard or whatever. Like <laughs> it's going to be like... They're, they're, we both know these teams are going to play like elite defense, mm-hmm. and nothing's going to be easy. Again, very similar, I think, to the uh, to the Buck Celtics series in that sense. But then that means, you know, somebody's got to step up and have like sort of those out of body experiences. And I think there's so many guys on mm-hmm. both squads that very easily could uh, step into that role. So it should be a for a fun one. And these are both like the Celtics have been the best team for months. Record-wise, very similar. 53 wins from Miami, 51 yes. from Boston. Um, they do have home court, which is huge. Oh, we forgot to mention that part uh, came up, the old idea that Game 7 was in Boston. Milwaukee could have had that. Oh, uh, yes. Uh, yes. And that was uh, addressed there by yeah. the Celtics after the game. You know, weren't ducking anybody, taking mm-hmm. care of the Nets, and having home court advantage, which was huge. But they don't have it here. Can't wait. We'll talk about it tomorrow. Any other final thoughts, though, to tee us up? Is this one going to be easier for you to decide uh, than the last one, the Western Conference, or...? Probably, yeah. Probably, mm-hmm. yeah. And I have a night to sleep on this one, but okay. uh, no. You're tipping your hand, though. You're a Beantown boy. I'm, I'm definitely leaning Beantowners. Yeah, yeah definitely. Mm-hmm. definitely. Okay. Yeah, I'm seeing in the uh, the Athletic Slack channel, there was a request for all the writers' picks for NBA champ. Celtics are coming in hot Ooh, right yeah. now. Wow. They're, wow. they're quite a popular amongst yeah. the writers. Um, I was going to ask you the final question was, can any of these four teams left win the title, realistically? <laughs> Does it feel like this is the most open it's been on in a long yes, time? Yes, which for the, is great. For the conference finals? Yeah. 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 So you think so? I absolutely do. Yeah. Yeah. So take me through the reason. Warriors experience, obviously, with their three guys. They got one more run in them here. Yep. You got Luca on the Mavs. Yep. And the way they play, they'll just bomb away. Here, I'll do it for you. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Uh, thank you. The Miami Heat. My God, Jimmy just Butler. This is the final thing he's got to do. Uh, we know he's a 16-game player. They've yeah. got some experience. Already been to the finals before. Play the Celtics well. And then Boston. I mean, no, mm. they just played Milwaukee Bucks. He just took down the defending champs. Yeah. What does that do for your yeah. confidence? Yeah, that may have yeah. been the finals for all we know right there. So there you go. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Uh, I I agree with all of that. Uh, the thing is, you know, uh, like say with Dallas, there's something probably of those of the teams remaining is still a little unbelievable because I like I think they don't they have a huge gap in the middle. They don't have even real any sort of interior presence at all. But they just embarrassed the Suns. They embarrassed the Utah Jazz. And Luca to me is like he he is so born for this moment. He's right. been building right. to this moment. So he would not be afraid of it. One of the best games of the season was Dallas in Boston where Luca uh, Luca won that game for them late. When Boston mm. was on that huge hot streak, I'm pretty sure that they, he ended that streak in Boston with one of his great performances. In, Dinwiddie, in fact, hit the game winner in that one. I'm just sort of wow. you know, <laughs> yeah. I'm rain-manning it a little bit yeah. here. But, uh, <laughs> but that, that's why, I mean, like Luca, th- there's no one out there who I think, wow, that guy, this team can shut Luca down. So, right, um, right. You know, I mean, again, we just saw one of the most incredible performances. So it's it's freshest. Yeah. But yeah, I can I can see. But it's we're, we're, we're I mean, what you're getting at is we're at the point with Luca. Is he like young LeBron level? Where it's right. Like, God, who the hell wants to bet against that? Yeah. Or, you know, of course, young MJ level, where you're suddenly just like, and they would lose series, and yeah. that could happen here. But it's like, God, you don't want to 
bet against the guy right now because he like just loves these big games. Yeah, of the four teams, it seems like the Mavs got you know there's something magical about it, and I hate every uh, Luca nickname out there generally. I think Luca's good enough, but what about the Luca d- Magic? That's a nickname. What about yeah, the Donk? It feels magical. Like the Donk. <laughs> For the a donk fun one. Oh, no, yeah. no, I haven't. Yeah, I don't know why. We got rid of the Donk. Oh, it'll be back. It'll okay. be back. Yeah, great. The Matador, El Matador, Cool Hand, the Don, Wonder Boy, El Nino <laughs> oh, <wonderful>. Maravilla. <laughs> El Nino Maravilla. Okay. The, what kid, is the beautiful kid. <laughs> yeah. The beautiful kid. All yeah. right. Swaggy L. Yes. Swaggy L. That, that makes That's me him. chuckle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Took your nickname. A Luca Legend, too easy. What? And Luca Magic. How many nicknames does this guy have? That's on why that there's no good ones, so yeah, people zero. just keep on coming wow. up. Wow. Luca's good. Luca's yeah. good. It's a great name. Done. It's a great first name. This does seem to be, this series, I would say, perfect one to swerve. Everybody's going to be on the Celtics. Yeah. Everybody's yep. going to be picking the Celtics. You'll see like a, a graphic. This guy's Celtics, 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 Celtics. If you want to be smart, pick the Heat because if they pull it off, there won't be that many people picking the Heat. Mm, are right. you tipping they, your hand? Are you guys, are you going tomorrow? Are you going to swerve I, tomorrow? You know I'm all about three-pointers. <laughs> yeah, you are. And I got to say the Celtics are better at getting three-pointers uh, than the than the Heat are. But, uh, but I'm just saying that that's a uh, – I think that it feels like the Heat are ranked number four right now. Of the teams that are left in the conference finals, which is why, to me, this would be a, a worthy swervy. A worthy yeah. Say what? swervy. Swervy if worthy by Kirby. Yeah. <laughs> Could have got there. If it's Warriors Heat, that'll be a tough old travel series. <laughs> thinking about the reporters out there. Tough old travel series. Feel for them. Yeah. San Fran to Miami and back. Wow. You know, Boston to uh, the base, yeah. so much easier. <laughs> well, a little bit, I think. A little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the cities. A little bit. Uh, all right, let's take our final break. When we come back, we got Tweet of the Night, and we'll wrap up this bad boy. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. If you're as obsessed with basketball as I am, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Hey guys, this is JJ Redick. Twice a week, I'm cooking up something special for basketball junkies on my podcast, The Old Man and the Three. I bring on guests in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, like Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, or Paulo Bencaro on his shooting workouts with Kevin Durant, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron when they were teammates in Miami. But it's not just about the player interviews. Every Monday, I break down the top three things happening around the NBA without the outlandish takes. Often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler, we dive deep into topics like rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? The Old Man of the Three is the only companion podcast you'll need during the playoffs this year. Be sure to listen to The Old Man of the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's get to Tweet of the Night. Mm, tweet of the Night. Wow. Twitter. Yeah, we can make this one quick. It's from Tim <laughs> at Duggan the DM on Twitter. Uh, he added us at No Dunks Inc. From now on, the Luca special mm. is when a player has the same amount of points as an entire team by halftime. Tim, 
I love it. I think it's great. Tim. He's like, oh, this game. The yeah. Lucas special that, you know, team just X dropped on team Y here because, you know, somebody brought it up here earlier in the show. After game five, Booker takes the hit. He's lying on the ground for a while. Somebody's recording him right there <laughs> sitting baseline. And, uh, you know, they're say, they even say something like, Booker, get up. Or, Are you okay? Or something along those lines. And then he gives a little sly look over. And then calls it the Luca special. You know, I guess the idea that he he's selling it a little dramatic, lying on the ground a little longer than he probably needed to. And uh, whoops! Ever since Booker said that, uh, Luca just kicked his ass. Um, but anyway, I like this tweet. How do you feel about the Luca special? <laughs> like he did in Game Seven, had the same amount of points yeah. as as the team he's taking on. Why not? That's good. Name it after him because it's just so rare. <laughs> Yes. Um, that we'll remember. I think we'll remember yeah. this moment. A lot of times these stats kind of fly out and we don't remember it. But, yeah, so unique for a team to be outscored by one guy at half. <laughs> yeah, we'll remember it. I are think. we are we going to count it or call it a Lucas special in a regular season game? Oh, uh, sure. Yeah, okay. It's yeah. pretty rare. It can't so happen rare. all that yeah. often, no. right? There's got to be a way to be able to pull this out, too. I'm sure somebody with a... The Excel skills will be able <laughs> to figure out the spreadsheets on this one. But, I mean, like, what? I don't know twice a season maybe it happens I think that's probably even higher yeah. once a season it feels like this yeah. was our one time but yeah Lucas special it could catch on okay who who had the most points in a game this season I mean, we have a 60 Tatum <sighs> yeah Tatum went for a lot uh, anyway Luca was asked about that after the game mm-hmm. and he hesitated for just a second and they said did you know that you had the same amount of points as Suns and he's like Yes, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then a lot of people are saying this whole you know making fun of him like whatever Booker's saying of course caught on camera the Lucas special uh, that it's now on the list of like uh, I guess taunts going wrong all time <laughs> uh, up there with uh, LeBron and uh, Wade uh, doing yeah. the whole coughing thing against yes. Dirk back in the uh, what 11 finals mm-hmm. um, there was another one that was coming I forget now but uh, this one probably on that short list of like whoops you, you poked the bear on that one and it blew up in your face if you believe in such things well, I saw they also. I saw that Chris Paul and Devin Booker also showed up wearing all black. There was that to too. Game six. Yeah, yeah. Tough look to mm. lose the funeral game and then lose a game seven by thirty-three <laughs> on your home court. Highest scoring games this season. Mm. Kyrie Irving and Carl Anthony Towns both went for sixty. I don't mm. think they had as many as their opponents at halftime. Yeah, however. yeah. Uh, yeah, that's interesting. Now we won't be doing this for a second half. Right. <laughs> it's harder to keep track. Of, harder I guess. to keep track. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah nobody lot, cares about just second half points. Yeah. Okay. All right, Tim. Great suggestion. We love it. We'll try and remember uh, if it happens again uh, at some point, either in the playoffs here or next season. Let's call it there. Mm. We got to get ready for our show tomorrow <laughs> where we lock in our predictions for both deep these dive. conference yeah. finals. Our deep dive. That's Just right. splashing around today. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's right. Little point for you. Little point for you. <laughs> but tomorrow, straight up diving board. Yeah, deep dive. You want to hear about the ninth man in this series? <laughs> Tune in tomorrow. I'm going to throw a hockey puck into the deep end. Task going to go get it tomorrow when we talk about these conference finals. That's how deep we're going. You might have to throw on your snuba gear tomorrow. We're going so deep. I guess you're not that deep when you snuba. Well, Scuba, yeah. 20, 20 to 30 feet deep. That's, uh, That's pretty deep. No, it's deep. That's, yeah, you feel the pressure on the old. You might be talking about Peyton Pritchard tomorrow <laughs> in great detail P squared that's right yeah. uh, I actually like that when uh, when you go to your deepest take you gotta put goggles and a snorkel <laughs> on and talk through the time <laughs> I do like that too alright everybody bring bring your beachwear tomorrow All right, we're, we're not gonna... reading any emails <laughs> we're going deep <laughs>
We're going to get a Luke Cornett shout out tomorrow. <laughs> oh, dude, Nick Stauskas? Nick Stauskas? Dude, oh, I'm getting the bends from you and so I'm talking about Trey Burke tomorrow for sure. Uh, email in your NBA questions to nodunks at theathletic.com. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok at nodunksinc. Get yourself an athletic subscription. Go to theathletic.com slash nodunks. And if you would like some nodunks gear, go over to nodunks.com for all of our t-shirts and hoodies and shorts and mugs. And we have those jerseys coming very, very soon. The uh, No Dunks throwback jerseys inspired by the Nuggets. And we have a Grizzlies team. Um, they're coming very soon. Limited edition, these. I think we're only making 100 of each. Uh, so it's uh, right around the corner. So so get ready. Ooh, yeah. yeah. Love to have that on and then take it off right before I go snoobying. Because mm. <laughs> you can't snooba in it. Yeah, yeah, no, you wouldn't want to. Not, but not but the- great beachwear. <laughs> Absolutely. A tank Proper top? Proper beachwear. 100%. Uh, until tomorrow, guys, when we do our predictions for the conference finals, Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, I don't know how to uh, size my jerseys anymore. Mm. Yeah. I don't really wear stuff baggy, but with a jersey, you don't want to go too snug. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. It's, 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 yeah, you got to find the sweet spot. <laughs> I'm a little worried about the size I picked. But jerseys are so big. Anyway, (laughs) even if you pick a smaller one. So I think I'm okay. (laughs) Okay. Embrace the day, people. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.